Okay. That, we are recording. I guess it makes sense that red is recording, but it kind of trips you out that like when something is red, you push it to stop. And when something right. is green, you push it to go. But yeah, that makes sense. UX is hard. <laughs> so uh, say the, say, oh, when I get, maybe I'm just over bleeding on yours. When I get further away from my mic, mm. I can hear that weird echo. Um, say I'm going, I'm, I'm going to have to, there might be something wrong with these headphones. Or, I'm going to take you a place. I'm going to, t- oh, hold on. I'm going to take you to a place you've never been before, but use that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take you to a place that you've never been before. Okay. I might have to cut some of this out because I'm going to look for something. I'm going to take you to a place that you've never been before. The Mark and Todd cast. All right, I'm going to think this might need. I barely knew her. Mama, give me some kick, baby. No, that's not it. Is that Gloria Estefan? <laughs> How dare you? Ah, uh, <laughs> that would be Madonna. That would be a Madonna-level reaction. Uh, yes. Todd. All right, I'm going to place this in They use the same filter from 1993. Ah, that's funny. All my dreams are coming true. (laughs) Oh, I have this, I guess. (laughs) I guess I'm the only one preventing us from doing it. I can't figure out if it's my headphones or if there's a... Does my voice sound like layered or... Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I think I'm just Flat not not used to uh, hearing myself on a good mic anymore. But it can also be used for destruction. Hearing this all over Zoom. Which strips everything out except this guy talking. It'll be up to you. Uh, and you too. You know, when I was out there, they're uh, working in the garden. I saw some snails fighting. They were really slugging it out. <laughs> so that the original joke is just, how do snails fight? They slug it out. They really, yeah, it's just bare, bare minimum <laughs> there that is, they're doing. They're not creating is, a story. They're not. See, M- that's the MVP. This is minimum viable product <laughs> right here. This is, and I, I think that's what uh, gives you your special dad power <laughs> is your ability to couch it and storyize it yeah and suck them in before they realize the quicksand that they've been standing in all along i i i did use that joke that we said like six weeks ago or or something uh uh, my business partner brett his girlfriend jenica uh she uh was born and raised in maui and so she's always talking about hawaii maui maui it what brings us to get I I would be shocked if they hadn't tried that as a tourism thing because that's fantastic. That would tie it in on to get married in Maui. Would would you get married in Maui? Can you get sued for that? That's yeah. That's, well, yeah. Yeah. That's well, 
would they be confused yeah would the consumer be confused yes yes okay so um <laughs> it's worth it and you know we were just chatting and the the best time to lay out a joke is when nobody realizes it's a joke and so i'm like yeah jenica we you being from hawaii what do you think about that new legislation that's been passed she's like what are you talking about i'm like well they've they've made it <clears throat> a misdemeanor to laugh out loud you know like obnoxiously in tourist areas and just like what i'm like yeah you're only allowed aloha <laughs> she ah uh, she she was fully like fully in invested my web. I, to be she fair was... i'm looking for the applause <laughs> there it is it's like i'm a different because there is, it's, it, it is like a betrayal of trust. Hundred <laughs> percent. As much as it is a joke. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. She was, she was believing me, and the current political climate of the world. Right, right. Makes it. You're like, well, feeds into that. Totally. What, what did any government do? yesterday now now? oh i could just Uh, see them doing that i what i'm not gonna be tedious about about this but i will show you after a comedy video of of these two rednecks that uh it's actually a, a total of three people uh a redneck guy talking to like a liberal guy you know he's he, you know whatever from california yeah and uh and new york city <laughs> and so he's like yeah you know you heard that they're gonna make us get gay married so we went and got I, gay oh married yeah, yeah you yeah. sent so me I that. Sent that video oh gosh that's and so funny it's, it's so great and, and i'm i've already spent way too much time uh talking about <laughs> something that nobody cares about <laughs> but it's it's a uh, really great comedy bit yes that that takes you know that level of trust of what what do i believe based on what i judge yeah. from that exterior uh and then just twist it around it's a great if anybody wants to see it, that just was really message funny. me it was worth it well i've been waiting with bated breath all week and i really hope yes. this mic doesn't sound as weird as it does in my headphones but we'll all have to really live with it, it does okay um, to figure out what is going on with Reddit. So the first, the first inkling I had, uh, I am not a Reddit user. Um, I was on, <laughs> I was on fark.com <laughs> in one and they have, um, I like to go there because on the sidebar they have the top most commented, uh, news stories of the day. So I kind of keep track of what's going Three on. Three life and, hacks with your Nokia yeah. phone. <laughs> No, they're still, they still do the funny headlines, which I always enjoy. They still, but I, I mostly like it because it's like the, the Photoshop. This is the yeah, only reason which, I've ever went to Fark. That's where I, that's why I started doing Fark in the early 2000s. And it used yep. to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds in that thread. And now there's like 10. <laughs> it's so sad, but I kind of, I like to keep, um, keep my eye on like the comment section because I figure it's a good a good indication of where like the liberal internet, you know, is kind of uh, in, in relation to things. Um, but they had a whole thread about, you know, 
prepare for the Reddit invasion into our ecosphere or whatever. Yep. And then I tried to watch a video of it, but they are like, they changed their API and they never told me what that means, <laughs> even though I always hear people talk sure. about it. Sure. So what's going on with Reddit? So what's going on with Reddit? So um, just a little bit of history from me as in 2010, so 13 years ago, um, I was a big dig user. Okay. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And <clears throat> Dig was at the time what Reddit is today. And so people submit news, posts, links, text, pictures, whatever. And people, other people, up it or down it. I dig it or I don't dig it. Yeah. And comment on it. And then you like upvote and downvote the comments as well. So you, you really get a curated by the masses presentation of what the masses think is important to look at right, yeah right yeah now. it's not the best news it's, nope. not, it's just what the what the mass junk has shaken to the top yeah right and so and there's been terrible incidents of uh you know where reddit goes out of control uh like when uh the 10 years ago when the um bombing in uh, uh, the Boston bombing, the Boston marathon, Boston, Bo- oh, Boston marathon right. bombing, the Reddit investigative crew or whatever, you know, the nerds like really they they took the photos and they made a bunch of assumptions and conclusions and then they doxed some people to like this guy's the bomber and like ruined his life, you know, <laughs> like it's so crazy. And so and and so there's been been bad. Uh, moments but mostly reddit has been a really interesting trove of news for me it's where i generally get and i i do think it is i do think it is the front page of the internet which is what its slogan is it it kind of decides it's one of the main deciders from news to memes i think yep totally and so um Reddit exists as a website, and now they have a official Reddit app. When they started, uh, it was just a website. Then there were, <clears throat> they added an API, and an API stands for Application Programming Inter- Interface. An API is a way for a company to expose their data with. Uh, for other people to use that data. And so if I make a mobile app, I can connect that mobile app to Reddit and get just the data and do the exchanges of data from my mobile app without having to load the Reddit website. So I can load my mobile app. I type in my username and password, the API is what receives that username and password, the Reddit API, and we send it the username and password. And then the API does its work on the Reddit side and says, oh, this, you know, Mark Middleton is in the database and that is the correct password. Let me send you back. So it's a like an intermediate, certi- a trusted intermediate. It's a, it's exactly, it's a, it's, precisely what it is it's like when you meet when you meet in a public parking lot to buy drugs exactly uh with your buddy (laughs) that's right so i took dan i vouch i took my buddy dan and and dan you know you met him at trey's house at one time he's totally cool he's totally cool 
I was a hundred percent the guy who was the being vouched for by Dan. <laughs> no, no, no. I know he looks. He's square. cool, man. He's cool. He looks square. He he's, looks like a narc. He's not even an accountant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. Uh, so an API exposes information, receives information, so I can post new posts, I can upload images, I can do everything. So is the API point, is that a true third party or Reddit owns that or that's on the... like? The who's... API is owned by Reddit. Okay. Yep. They have to provide, provide a doorway into the back end of Reddit for third-party apps to be able to use. Okay. Do those third-party apps need to pay Reddit for that information? Is that a way? Up until sites... now, no. No. It's been a free-for-all uh, uh, API access. and and Just on Reddit or on the internet in general? On the, on the internet in general, there are many different uh, approaches that companies have to their APIs. Some expose it for free, the Facebook API uh, has been free forever, um, and and is that but, but but Facebook doesn't expose as much functionality with their API, so uh, and generally so so API then is just so I know as an app maker how to handshake with Facebook and get it to work together. It's not a it's not a repository of data about its users that they just set on a box on the corner that says free. Correct. It's a correct. And so I don't get a list of user Reddit uh, or of Reddit usernames. I just get authentication that this username and password is correct. Okay. So that you can like sign in via Facebook. Exactly. Okay. Precisely. Okay. 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 And okay. so on my Reddit app, I load it up. Uh, it's stored my username and password and it knows my account through the API. It sends my account username to the API and says, hey, go get Mark Middleton's stuff. And my list of <laughs> dumb reddits, subreddits. Charlie Puth, Charlie, Charlie Puth, <laughs> Zach Efron shirtless. I was going to uh, say, <laughs> 20-somethings whose shirt accidentally fell off somehow, and then they had to do push-ups about yeah. it. So like two months ago, they they took away the uh, the subreddit gay porn with plot. Oh my! Uh, and it was simply because the moderators stopped doing their job, and they just shut. It, they just weren't moderating at all, and so they just shut it down. But uh, one of the best subreddits that's ever existed, in my humble opinion. So, so the historically it's been free which is awesome for everybody but reddit <laughs> uh the other end of the spectrum twitter just started charging for their api usage and their prices are pretty high um there's plenty of other um platforms out there that have apis that are free or moderately priced so if I have a thousand users or 10,000 users or a hundred thousand users that use my app and <clears throat> I get billed by the quantity of requests that I need to take that quantity of requests, figure out the, okay, my bill is going to be 
$10,000 this month. Uh, that means of my, you know, 10,000 users, everybody has to subscribe for at least a dollar for me to break even. Right. <clears throat> and so some users will use the API more, some will use less, but uh, subscription, and so you can set up tiered subscription. You, know, you get ultimate, you know, you, whatever. So all that stuff. So uh, one of the biggest, most successful mobile apps is Apollo for for reading Reddit, uh, Apollo. And it happens to be made by one dude out of Ottawa, Canada, who had an internship with Apple. And his name is Christian. And he got out of school. There wasn't a native Reddit app. And he just made one wow. 10, 10 years ago. And he is really responsive to the community. People ask him for features or posts. So, so he's, he's sort of like the imager. Totally. And so he has become the champion for the man for for the people of Reddit. Right. Yeah. Because he's doing really good work. He's listening to them. Many of these people, including myself, like the Reddit website sucks. The Reddit app the the official reddit app which came out after apollo uh <clears throat> is terrible it's useless it's poorly designed it's slow it's all the problems apollo is magnificently better apollo is free you can get ultimate apollo for like five bucks or something you know it's it, whatever and so christian he's doing fine but he's not like swimming in money is there's no subscription right. uh, attached to it or anything. And so Reddit informs everybody, says, hey, um, they don't say this part, but it's it's uh, the silent part isn't spoken up front. And the silent part is we're trying to go public this year in late 2023. Okay. And we're trying to shore up all of our financial things so that we get a higher price comma we are now going to be charging for our api but we're going to keep it um based in reality was their term based in reality but they wouldn't tell anybody the pricing this was six months ago okay so everybody's been holding their breath waiting for reddit's pricing to come out and when they came out they were like five times higher than everybody else on the fucking market <laughs> and uh christian would have to pay 20 uh just over two million dollars every single month for the usage of the reddit api for his app whoa because his app is really successful and it gets a lot of hits and so he's doing a lot of volume of data granted um based in reality that's 20 or thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff right not two million dollars <laughs> and so <clears throat> then there were wailing and gnashing of teeth of Christian and, and he's making a lot of phone calls with Reddit being discarded and, and, and pushed aside and they, they escalate and they finally have like a conversation with uh, Spez uh, is his username. I can't think of his, his the, the CEO. Boner fart 69. <laughs> Spez is the CEO and co-founder of, of Reddit. And they they have a conversation. And at one point, Christian says something 
you know, you know, if we could only do it this way, then I'd go quietly and 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 for for a moment, uh, the CEO was like, "Did you do you say you'll go quietly? Like, are you threatening us? You know, kind of." And he goes, "No, no, no, no." And he reframed what he said, what he said, and and like, um, no, what what I meant was this, and it had nothing to do with, you know. Uh, holding him PR hostage or making a big stink or, or whatever. And that's, there was, it was a tense phone call. They thought for a moment that there was uh, like a threat happening. It got cleared up. Everybody agreed that it was cleared up, that it was a misspoken moment and everything. After the phone call, the CEO says, yeah, Christian threatened us and here's what he said. Right. And it, and so Christian had recorded the conversation. <laughs> they didn't know that, <laughs> and so he published that recorded conversation. <laughs> so Christian, uh, which he recorded legally and he published legally. Okay. Uh, and he's in Canada, and in Canada, it's a if as long as one oh, person, one party consent. One party consent and so they recorded it, published it. Everything's good, uh, or everything's good. Everything's out in the open, and <clears throat> and so Reddit has definitely not backed down. Uh, everybody hates the CEO. Everybody loves Christian. Uh, Christian and Apollo have officially announced that they're closing down at the end of the month, at the end of June, and so generally not specifically because of Christian or specifically because of the CEO, but generally because of this API debacle, um, many of the subreddits said, we are going to do a two day blackout and we are going to take our subreddit private so that nobody can go to ah cats or whatever for that two days, just as a protest by the mods, moderators of these subreddits. And uh, a, a protest against the exorbitant pricing. Nobody has said that pricing is the problem. It's the quantity of pricing. It's ridiculously out of market. And they're doing it specifically to shut down third-party apps. You know, speculation. I'm speculating that they're doing it specifically to shut down third-party apps so that they have more control internally. They have the users on their platform. They can show those numbers to potential investors that will buy their stock and make their stock more money. So that's what's going on. Uh, so in so they did a two day thing and it's still going on uh, uh, about a week later. And wasn't there something mm -hmm. more with the mods where like the CEO said something like, yeah, they're a worthless tool. Like they're what are they doing? Yeah. They're working and for free, but we didn't, I, there was something. Until, and so they're saying, well, if they're not gonna do their job of keeping their subreddit open, then we will just replace them. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, <laughs> snap. Yeah. That was a bad thing to say. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody hates him. And um, so 10 years ago, I left Dig to go to Reddit because of scenarios like that at Dig. And so everybody's like, okay, we're ready for the next one. Wow. We're, where do we go? Uh, and, and so... 4chan it is. 4chan it is. <laughs> Is there a place? There isn't right now, Matt honestly. And so we're working. People are doing? No, that's, that's more for chat, for Discord. Truth social? Yeah, truth social. 
And so wow, that's fascinating. These are the total. This is a chart that I'm showing Todd. This is the chart of total subreddits that were closed or uh, uh, private or restricted. Wow. Restricted with the orange. That's still a good quarter. Yeah, and so quarter cr- of them currently. 121 reddits as of this moment are still restricted or private and there were 253 more that were for that two-day period that have so here's a little chart of them and you can see how many millions of users are like we're talking like 25 million users can't use the you know slash music subreddit or whatever right uh and so, so it's a big deal. Not so are funny, not is it? So, not so are dad joke. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's gonna have a that's gonna have a trickle down effect onto our podcast now that dad jokes is is done. Exactly. So we get crappier. So then I wonder. Oh, that's interesting. Speaking of trickle down, like I wonder if Imager is I think strong enough on its own now that it can survive without mm. Reddit because it's its own like legit community now it's not just a repository and i don't think reddit will go away all all in all like dig is still around right Uh, they're they're just shitty and they don't do what they used to do standing over there in the corner with ask jeeves (laughs) we're we exist still actually i don't know ask jeeves exists still i i think they just shifted to ask.com actually oh interesting that makes sense Well, thank you for that that wrap up. I was I was fascinated because I I knew there was something going on, but there was a lot of words I didn't understand. So API. Uh, a couple quick stories here, and by quick I mean this episode is going to be really long, and I'm excited for it. Uh, more news on the REI closing. Uh, they are to open a store called Re slash Supply. Uh, after they close their one in their Pearl District, they're going to open a new location in Clackamas Town Center. It will be dedicated to used outdoor uh, gear and apparel. Um, access to the resupply store will be a benefit. Will be a benefit of a co-op membership. They're looking for more than two dozen workers, which and it will open in late August. And the Pearl District store will close in early 2024. So it does sound like there's probably more happening behind the scenes at REI than um, is being publicly disclosed. But interesting, interesting shifting. I got this next story (laughs) hot from a text from my brother, which was shocking because my brother and I don't really text. And so I woke up one morning and he sent this story. Viking disease, which is the um, hand finger condition that I have and boy is it I feel like it's accelerating really really hard all day long I'm stretching it and that's still not Uh, and so 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 describe what it is so it is a and it'll talk about a little bit in 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 this article but not too much but um, basically the tendons in that go across my palm into my fingers harden for some reason which um, starts pulling them tight so your fingers curl curl down um, it's one of my yeah, one of my only memories of my my dad's dad, my grandpa, is that he was 93 and his like we would pull on him as hard as we can. And they just my dad's had surgery a bunch of times. My uncles have had surgery, my aunt. Um, so, yeah, is a is a called Vikings disease or Deputrin's contracture is the is the medical name for it. But um, 
exciting news, I guess. My brother's my brother's comment was like, as hmm. cool as it sounds to say that I have Viking disease, <laughs> it also means that we have to admit that it came from our interbreeding with Neanderthals. Genetic variants inherited from Neanderthal man appeared to be the most powerful risk factors for developing Deputrin's contracture called the Viking disease because it mainly affects men descended from northeastern Europe or northern European uh, Europe. Up to 30% of men in northern Europe older than 60 suffer from Viking's disease, hmm. which usually begins a lump in usually begins as a lump in the palm of the hand. As the lump grows, it causes uh, one or more fingers to be in a bent position. And if you really want to laugh, um, I'll use this for uh, our uh, show image is uh, the de- one of the Deputrin contracture uh, society or whatever poster children yes there's one uh one of their logos is oh uh, no did you look at it no Uh, yeah so you can look at that um results show that the three strongest risk factors uh are genetic and are handed down from the neanderthals uh, who lived in europe and western asia until about forty thousand years ago when they were replaced by modern humans Uh, But before they disappeared, they mixed with modern humans. And as a result, from 1% to 2% of the genomes of people with roots outside of Africa come from Neanderthals. So everyone outside of Africa has 1% to 2% of the genomes of uh, Neanderthals. Quote, since Deputrin's contracture is rarely seen in individuals of African descent, we wondered whether gene variations from Neanderthals could play a part, said Hugo Zeberg. Uh, a professor in the Department of Physiology. They identified 61 genetic factors, which uh, they don't say what they are. I wish that would have been a thing, but um, yeah. Did you did you find that picture? No. Of I, it? no. Let me let me. I have it saved. I see, to my computer. I see illustrations and and things, but I don't know about a logo. One moment, Deputrin. Speaking of old internet memes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Their logo is the shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, back to back to our stories. Um, oh, yeah. So apparently the <laughs> apparently we're still in the middle of recording this this podcast. Uh, Oregon DMV data breach uh, is affecting 3.5 million people right now. I don't know if it's been um, kind of disclosed what all has been, what all data has been uh, breached, but I know it uh, seemed pretty significant in involving things like social security numbers. So that's bad. And I guess at some point, is there any more to leak? Right. You know, I guess there's up to date information on people, but it's like, right. It's just like getting, yeah, we're, we're, just we're all, all broken. <laughs> we're all broken because synthetic human embryos were created in a br- groundbreaking advance. The need uh, the sidestep to sidestep the need for eggs and sperm. Um, I'm not going to read this whole thing. And this was even shorter. That was very, very uh, detailed about what they did. But they modeled structures growth uh, grown from stem cells and although none of them, um, they didn't have a beating heart or gut or a beginning of the brain, they showed the presence of the primordial cells that were the precursor precursor cells to eggs and sperm. Um, so basically, they're trying to see 
And of course, there is a lot of controversy as to whether things like this should be done. Um, they've done it in mice and um, monkeys. They've created the embryos, but none of them implant, and none of the implanted ones ever came uh, to be a viable pregnancy. But um, cool. Totally. <laughs> 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 and this this next story I read when. Uh, Last week, when this was oh, I think you say when I when when you were going on and on about something or other earlier, <laughs> <laughs> talking about Viking hand for the ninetieth week in a row. Uh, so there's a crocodile that has been found to have made herself pregnant. She produced a fetus that was ninety nine point nine percent genetically identical to herself. So the phenomenon of so-called virgin birth has been found in species of birds, fish, and other reptiles, but never before in crocodiles. The research has been published in the Royal Society Journal. The egg was laid... No, the journal Biology Letters. Oh, in the journal Biology... My the favorite. Royal Society <laughs> Journal Biology Letters. My favorite journal. <laughs> the egg was laid by an 18-year-old female American crocodile in... Parque Reptiliana in January 2018. And uh, the, the fetus. it's spelled. Uh, inside was fully formed, but still born. Aww. And so did not hatch. That's sad. But uh, it was. Um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Well, Maybe dinosaurs did this too. Totally. When their numbers dwindled due to environmental changes. Well, uh, President Biden names a coordinator to work on a problem that should should not have existed past 1500, which is book bans. Uh, 2022 saw the highest number of book bans in 20 years. The new coordinator under the auspices of the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights will be tasked with providing new training for schools on how book bans can create a hostile environment for students and possibly violate federal uh and moral and ethical laws. Book bans have moved front and center in so-called culture wars in the U.S., reflecting deep uh, societal divisions, blah, blah, blah. So that... Have people read Fahrenheit 451 or no? No. I mean, one of the common denominators in all of those stories is such and such angry mother said, no, I didn't read the book, but I heard it was bad, and therefore I was afraid. Awesome. Take us to the gorge into happier news. Sail us away from that yeah. bad so news. So the, the company that runs the Portland Spirit has announced the Seven Wonders of the Gorge cruise. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, that was the wrong one. The Seven Wonders of the Gorge. Um, I'm going to take you to a place you have never been before. The Gorge. The gorge. <laughs> so, um, Mark got a new toy. I got, we got a new toy. Our, our roadcaster is a shiniest, newest, lightiest, colorfulest version with a lot of uh, cool presets that he's been playing. It's, so I, I can. Well, this doesn't work on my mic though, does it? it? Works on mine. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that one's the high voice. <laughs> And this one's the low voice. And this kind of sounds like I'm a... (laughs) Oh. That one's like... That cuts out? Ooh, that cuts our mics. Yeah. And I think that that might do something... I don't know. Empty or whatever. (laughs) 
Oh, anyway. you know what? You can uh, queue up a different oh, EQ oh, oh. on that. Okay, interesting. So anyway. Anyway. That's um, cool. Good times. Um, <laughs> that was specifically just to make uh, Dave and Nate jealous of our new no, gear. You're right. Um, I, because I'm the one person that bought the three-year protection plan when I bought it on Amazon. Wow. And and that had to be close to three years. It, it becomes three years in October. Whoa. And so we had a problem with one of our channels had a background noise, hiss, yeah. whine in it. And so I sent it off and they wrapped it back up and said, nothing's wrong with it. Here you go. <laughs> I'm like... And so I clearly didn't explain the issue enough. And so I wrote like a treaty, a treaty next he had time. You mansplained uh, yeah, the totally, hell out of it. Totally. And I'm like, listen to this channel in your headphones. Now listen to this channel in your headphones. I can't use that for production. And three days later, I uh, got the. What do you think? What kind of podcast do you think the Mark and Todd cast is? <laughs> this is Bush League. Is, yeah. And so uh, they gave me the uh, purchase price back for that one as a gift certificate. So I bought the new version. Uh, the road makes some amazing equipment and, and uh, yeah, it's very, it's very exciting. Cool. All right. Back to the gorge uh, gorge. And so they have a boat that will go 45 miles an hour. So it's a, um, they call it a jet boat somewhere. So, Oh yeah, the very end. It's a, one of the versions of their jet boat, I guess. But yeah, yep. forty-five miles per hour. Forty-five miles an hour for eighty miles, going all the way from downtown Portland to Multnomah Falls, and and um, making a couple of visual stops on the way. And uh, they're operated by Explorer Jet Boat, a vessel also used for the summer Bigfoot adventure cruises and December sleigh rides. Hmm. So. Three and a half hours starting July 1. $74 for person. Oh, yeah. That's important. Not bad. Those jet boat rides are super cool, yeah. though. I love those. Well, self-driving cars may be making traffic worse because they're unable to understand human behavior. A new study indicates that these autonomous vehicles struggle to interpret the subtle human social signals that inform driving decisions. A key example of this issue focuses on deciding whether to yield or proceed in traffic, a decision that humans typically make swiftly and intuitively. However, self-driving cars consistently fail to interpret human behavior in traffic. As a result, their reactions can lead to traffic congestion and aggravate other road users. Um, blah, blah, blah. Pedestrians and parking lots. Oh, I... This, this story copied itself like 50 times. I thought I erased them all, but they didn't. Um, they're also thinking about adding an extra traffic light to help um, speak to the self-driving cars to help control traffic flow and to let humans know what's going on. So blah, blah, blah. I still don't think self-driving self cars are the new flying cars. It's something that's always going to be dangled in front of us. That's never really going to happen. That is my, that is my hypothesis. Oh, speaking of hypothesis, sees. Yes. So I found out what these things yeah. under my eye. Did I tell you what they were? Are they from the glasses okay, burning so... the holes in your face? <laughs> Effectively. I'll take your sarcasm to mean that you never really believed my bullshit <laughs> hypotheses. <laughs> but yes, under my eyes, um, and I didn't have them until... 
2017, 2018, a couple yeah. of years ago. Uh, they're about the size of a grain of rice. They're a little raised. I don't know yeah, something like on my skin. Smuggling a, a grain of rice <laughs> under your skin, just underneath the skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're not hard. They're not. There's no difference in consistency. Um, I got a new prescription for my glasses, and so I was picking them up. And um, did you know now that when you get your eyes checked, and this happened the last two times, and I don't know it was if it was a pre-COVID thing or a post-COVID thing, you go into a little room where you put you know look through the number one number twos at the thing but there's no doctor in there the doctor is on basically zoom in the corner of your room and i actually got to what? say so i sit down because there's a nurse not a nurse lady but like a whatever, whatever who does a couple she does the glaucoma puff of air and and some of that nonsense and she ushered me in the room and it was like the doctor would be in a second so i'm sitting down or whatever and the doctor hello how are you <laughs> And I look up at this because there's no one else in the room. And I look up at the screen. I said, oh, hi. I, I didn't, didn't see you come, come in. in. <laughs> and chuckled to myself and as he did that thing. <laughs> but yeah, he was, he, they put the thing over my eyes and he was the one to control the number one, number two, what? the different things, blah, better blah, blah. Better like this or better like this? Yep, yep. Better and like then you're just like stressed and you're like, I don't, uh, I can't tell the difference. So I got the wrong. One of my eyes was wrong the first time. So I had to go back or whatever. But I went back to get him tested. And the lady at the front was like, well, we'll get the real doctor in to do it this time. And I didn't really understand what that meant until I went back. And there was a real doctor there that I could talk to as a human person. Not an AI. I know. And I was like, that could very well be 100%. an AI construct. Um so I asked him, I was like, oh, what are these things under my eyes? They didn't appear till a couple years ago. I told him my theory because I was wearing glasses that didn't have any UV protection, that it just happened like a mirror, kind of just focused the light a little bit more on those little areas and aged the skin a little bit more, which there's no, no evidence for. But I mean, sure. nothing else makes sense except Mark. Let me see where. Zalan. No, hold on. Except for Mark. Let me get rid of Xanthoma. 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 What is that? Which I recommend don't looking up on the internet and searching for images because of course it's like all the worst case scenarios are here's uh. hoping that mine doesn't spread. But it is a skin condition, and this is what he told me too. It's just fatty buildup under the skin caused by a lot of lipids and cholesterol. Hmm. Okay. So that's Certain what that is. And it's and of course like all these National Institutes of Health important sign of systemic disease and WebMD told me my heart was going to explode or something like that. I I did have my blood checked a, a year or two ago and there was no alarming alarming numbers hmm. but yeah just a weird lipidy um fatty cholesterol Perfect. <laughs> pockets in my Yay. face. So Question uh, mystery solved. I guess. <laughs> well, the next couple of stories, um, I'm going to do just the headlines, which is a, a segment I thought of all by myself. Um, AM radio, which was being taken out of a lot of the new electric vehicles because of the um, interference between the battery noise and blah, 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 um, are getting are are coming back into a lot of those cars and Congress looked into it and they were like, 
radio is the like AM radio stations are the only thing that's going to survive the apocalypse. Like the only way we'll be able to communicate and everybody will have one built in a thing that has a separate battery and all of that. So as old fashioned as it is uh, to argue that AM radio needs to be in cars, it is a important technology that uh, we're just used to and don't think it's magical anymore. It's, it's much easier to engineer, much cheaper to engineer and uh, travels over much, much longer distances. Yes, yes. Um, a new grasshopper species was named after Willie Nelson. And in confusing news, Vice President Kamala Harris <laughs> was found alive. <laughs> but she was officially named the Biden administration's new AI czar, which I'm glad that we have one, but I don't know... Uh, so the U. Why? Why? Why her? The, I don't know why. Yeah, the mute. Do something. But <laughs> the proof of life. <laughs> the EU just uh, tried to pass, or is passing, or proposed a bunch of um, AI uh, laws to try and get ahead of something. And there yeah. Were, um, I. I I think I'll put together that for an episode because it's oh, that's a good idea because really, we talked about that a lot in our one of our policy classes uh, for yeah, social work. Yeah, because there's really interesting policies trying to be introduced to try and keep like keep the the separation of my understanding of is this a human or is this a, a machine? Right. Is basically sort of like what I was at, talking about a couple of weeks ago was some sort of watermark something that has to signify um so they get 140 million dollar budget and 25 new research facilities across the country um and kamala harris is going to meet with ceo of companies that are quote at the forefront of ai innovation so at least we have something in place hopefully we can keep uh, a lot we won't have whistleblowers like in this next story um, whistleblowers worked, quote, worked on secret U.S. government program to rebuild crashed UFOs. So there's been a series of whistleblowers that have testified to investigators that they worked on U.S. government uh, secret programs to rebuild those crashed UFOs. The bombshell revelation comes from one of America's former top intelligence officials who had called on world leaders to come clean about unexplained recovered wreckage. Um, I'm assuming this is from from England because defense is spelled with a C, which I didn't know was a thing, but twice in a news article, it has to be purposeful. I I would think. Um, So Christopher Mellon, 65 who served under presidents, Bill Clinton and uh, George Bush said he had received reports that the government had engaged in quote, a reverse engineering project involving UFOs. And he had personally uh, had referred four witnesses about the anomaly, anomaly, Anomaly. Anomaly. Wow, that was weird. <laughs> I think I just a stroke. I think I just had a stroke. Um, which is probing eight hundred reported close encounters between the military personnel and UFOs. So there's just been such interesting talk around it, and I, I don't know. Like I don't think that we're being. I don't know what I guess I don't know which proposition is scarier, if it is truly inter from intergalactic space or it is technology that we don't understand that we also aren't in charge of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> both, both are terrifying, but I mean, this has been happening forever. I mean, the word gremlins came 
from Rodal actually, who who based it off of the Air Force, like the early Air Force, talking about things that oh, gremlins just, on the gremlins on the plane the machine, yeah. and seeing things up there and and all that. So I guess if they've been around that long, I guess they're not that scary. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Talk to us about Netflix, which. I did check the other day, and I'm still able to log in <laughs> via your account. Perfect. Although I didn't watch anything. Netflix shareholders reject the sky-high executive pay package. Uh, Netflix shareholders voted on Thursday to reject multi-million dollar pay packages for the company's top executives, including for the co-CEOs, Ted and Greg. <laughs> uh the vote, which is non-binding, comes amid a strong bounce back for a company that lost more than half of its value in 2022 as people started to venture out after years of pandemic isolation. Last year, consumers turned their back on price increases for streaming services like Netflix, and investors began to criticize the company for overspending while customers were leaving. But Netflix's stock has rebounded 36% so far this year as shareholders believe the streaming sell-off may have been overdone. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that it's a trend that shareholders start doing this more. Um but it the whole system is just so programmed to flourish in 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 when it's not when things are done out of just sheer greed and not out of morals, like you're punished for you're punished for, for using morals, morals and ethics in your, in your race to become rich, which is great. Yeah. Um, why don't you read up that little next story here and I'll take us out with the, with the last this two. Is, uh, California's yeah. electricity. So California's electricity bills could soon be based on how much you make some people are furious. I bet you those people furious are the rich. Are the rich people. <laughs> uh, California law would set a sliding scale for electricity bills based on a household's income. The fixed monthly fee uh, would range from $15 to $128 and would be separate from use charges. So an interesting, huh. I, I that is interesting, both ethically and just as a, as an idea to to make things more accessible and not such a burden. See, but but uh, how do they? How are they measuring all of that? Because I might be a a trust fund kid who made zero dollars last right. year. Right, but I'm worth. Well, make five no mistake. Million. There is a way the wealthy will exploit that to their own gain. So <laughs> we don't we don't have to uh, <sighs> worry about that. This might be ah, this and the next one is are, are my favorite stories of the week. But there has been a new horror revealed in the Sargassum Blob, and this is from some very very. I mean, this is one eighth of the article it's from some uh science magazines that's wired <laughs> exactly except even more uh um focused on science so this is all about a blob of algae that is appearing uh, uh off of florida scientists have discovered that a flesh-eating bacteria is interacting with the sargassum which is the the stuff in the ocean 
uh, and decaying plastic in the ocean, creating the perfect pathogen storm that has implications for both marine life and public health. Uh, Florida University, Atlantic University found that the bacteria might be adapting to plastic and living in the sargassum, in the sargassum blob, washing up on beaches in a new environmental horror. I do like that how naval, not navel gazing, but just how <laughs> deeply scientific this article was. It talks about the new horror and it's just, it's very, it's very evocative. Uh, the seaweed, the sargassum, has already been washing up on local shores over the last few weeks. Given the current size of the Atlantic sargassum belt, dubbed the Great Blob, as it has grown to some 5,500 miles, visitors complain about the smell and efforts to get rid of it cause beach erosion. The massive seaweed doubled every month between November and January. The Vibrio bacteria, which is now colonizing the blob, is found in the ocean world over and already possesses possesses a significant threat, but little is known about the ecological relationship of those with the seaweed and the degrading plastic. Plastic is a new element that's been introduced into marine environments have only been around for about 50 years, they said. Our lab work showed that these Vibrio are extremely aggressive and can seek out and stick to plastic within minutes. So um, I know there's been a lot of research into different sort of bacteria that can eat plastic, um, but it looks like they're colonizing the sargassum blob. Um, the study published in the journal Water Research, my favorite journal, illustrates that open ocean vibrios represent a potential new species, uh, which is a blend of pathogenic and low nutrient acquisition genes, <laughs> reflecting their pelagic habit, pel pelagic habitat, and the substrates they host and colonize. Why not fell apart at the end? But anyway. Beware the sargassum blob, for there are new horrors there. Oh no, sorry. Um, Did you? Are you looking at the sargassum blob? No. Uh, no. What I'm doing is I'm asking ChatGPT uh, to, to summarize the following into my long ass story. Into <laughs> well, you you lit up this room before <laughs> chat gpt yeah. is gonna take my job yeah um well while you do that i'm gonna lead I, now this is usually our local heroes section and i can't call this man a local hero because he is a convicted criminal but we will get into it because it is pretty <laughs> it's pretty incredible the man who booby trapped his home using a hot tub set like the stone rolling down in the indiana jones movie <laughs> Found guilty of injuring a federal agent, a seventy-old, a seventy-one-year-old man in Williams, Oregon, which is about three hundred miles south of Portland, is facing up to two decades in a federal penitentiary for rigging his home with a plethora of Indiana Jones-inspired booby traps, including that hot tub set to roll down a hill like the boulder, um, and left <laughs> one federal agent hospitalized. A federal jury last week found Gregory Lee Rodvelt. Guilty on one count of assaulting a federal officer and one count of using and discharging a firearm. He owned and occupied that home in Williams until 2018 when he lost the home in a lawsuit. Rodvelt returned to the home since losing it and had placed a sign in front of the house stating that it was protected by, quote, improvised devices. Bomb technicians from the Oregon State Penitentiary and FBI responded to the, uh, to the property previously owned by Rodvelt. Uh, who in 2017 had been uncharged with unlawful possession of explosives. Upon arrival at the property, the bomb technicians encountered a minivan obstructing the gate. 
They said they found steel animal traps attached to a gatepost and underneath the minivan's hood. Additionally, homemade spike strips were discovered while the attorney had un, uh, unintentionally uh, one of the guys uh, driven over. As the technicians neared the residence, they observed a large round hot tub that had placed on its side. They said it was rigged in such a manner when the gate was open, it would activate a mechanical trigger that would cause the spot to roll towards the person at the gate. <laughs> Further inspection by the technicians revealed windows that had been secured. The uh, front door also displayed apparent bullet holes from shots fired within. Inside the garage, a rat trap had been modified to accommodate a shotgun shell. Although the trap was not loaded, it was connected to the main garage door designed to activate when the garage door was open. In the center of the front hallway, they encountered a wheelchair, which when inadvertently moved by one of the agents... Triggered a homemade shotgun device, which discharged a 410 shotgun shell, striking one of the FBI bomb technicians below the knee. Uh, he was given first aid and transported to the local hospital. Uh, investigators said Rodvelt admitted to setting up the booby traps, including the one with the hot tub, uh, assaulting a federal officer, a deadly dangerous weapons weapon, uh, carries a potential penalty of up to 20 years, similarly using discharged firearm during... Uh, or in relation to a crime can result in the maximum sentence of life in federal prison. So he is not a local hero, but I, he gets a for effort and, and style. Cause that's pretty, that's pretty amazing to not just have the inside rigged, but the tip of the hot tub on its side and, and strap it to the top of a hill and latch it to a gate. Oh no, that's totally uh Colkin territory uh, <laughs> a home alone okay, all right so, so have i you summarized so, my so i asked story? it to summarize it as a dad joke oh okay go yeah. on why why don't ocean bacteria go to the beach anymore todd why not because they can't handle the current sargasm situation <laughs> it's just too plastic for them and they end up in a bloody mess <laughs> bloody <laughs> i wonder if it was taking a uh, taking like from move the movie the blob maybe they were thinking it was part of that this the horror of the sargassum blob wow well two out of three i go. guess <sighs> yeah oh wow we are deep into the show and we're not even talking about what we're talking about this week mark this isn't a new show. This isn't a new. No, we have a whole topic <laughs> ahead of us. No, we don't. We do. It's a surprise. Okay. So I just came from Arizona yes. where I was uh, visiting someone down in the Tucson area oh, overlapping with Dave Baylor of the Not Nerd Podcast. I was oh. driving to the airport. He's like, what up? New number. Who this? I'm in Tucson or whatever he said. Uh, he, he's visiting his son who I believe is at the uh, military uh, facility down there. Um but I went to see the sights. It was different. It was a different type of desert than I was used to. I'm used to Phoenix, which is just like the one sad cactus in the background and like everything else is desolate. This area was desolate, but like a lot of mesquite trees, which is something I didn't realize yeah. I thought was more Southern or whatever. Like but super desolate, super whatever. Uh, and sitting in the middle of nowhere is the Biosphere 2. Nice. Now, oh, yeah. how much do you know? Um, just, about just the biosphere too. only from the documentary biodome <laughs> <laughs> everything i know only from what our lord and savior paulie shore is Pauly, it, was he in that oh yeah okay and one of the baldwin brothers yeah okay one of the one of the lesser baldwins 
Um, so yeah, the Biosphere Two, which I had only uh, in 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 retrospect realized I had misinformation about because I had heard a lot about it. It was a very familiar thing to me, probably because of Biodome, but probably because it was a big deal in like 1991. Right. And so I'm sure, and it was such a huge media thing that it just sort of by osmosis creeped into me. Um, and when you go there, it's pretty right now it's run by the university of Arizona and it's an agricultural research center. Um, and it is open every day except for Christmas and Thanksgiving. It costs 25 bucks. They give you uh, like an iPad with a, um, a presentation. You go from spot to spot and press the thing and it gives you the spiel of what it is. Um, but because, it was in the it was in the middle of the desert in the middle of the day. You couldn't really see the screen, and we were outside. And I was talking with the people that I went or whatever. So we just kind of walked through on our own, and they had sort of been there, so they kind of explained it. And so last night I sat down, and there's actually a documentary that came out in 2020 on Hulu called Spaceship Earth. Oh yeah, and it's about this Biosphere Two thing, and the story behind it is so much different than what I thought even going through it because I had some questions of like, well, why this and this? And it made sense. So it starts with most things uh, in San Francisco in the hippie movement with this group of genius hippie theater freaks okay. that start this collective. They start their own commune, start growing their own food, blah, blah, blah. One, they have a very charismatic leader um, and Lots of people would would describe it as a cult, even though it's not like a religious philosophy. There's not like any whatever, but a very cult like head, you know, very charismatic, very. He was the leader. Um, they attract the attention of another um, weird hippie genius who is also the son of a billionaire. And so there's co this collective of maybe 10 core people that kind of uh, grow out and they want to revolutionize the world or whatever their hippie sensibility and then and dance in drum circles which they also did a lot to they had a lot of original footage in this documentary because they were they had uh film cameras and followed themselves around and so they started to make these projects they they um started a farm in new mexico uh, a farm commune then they built this boat not like a wooden boat but like one like a boat boat an arc, yeah, basically an arc that they sailed around the world and they would stop in different ports and using the billionaire's money, they would start businesses so that they could then self-sustain. And then the billionaire who was getting hassled by his family because he was such a black sheep because he was a hippie that didn't really like the system. He could say, no, no, look, I made this investment and it made this money or whatever because they were all like actual geniuses in building things and businesses. And they were, they were not against capitalism. They, they started an art gallery and they have all these little things around the world. So they did that and they're like, well, what next? We need to do something that we, that has never been done before. And this is in the seventies uh, kind of going to the eighties, the space race wasn't, we'd gone to the moon or whatever. Well, now the talk is, well, now we're going to colonize the moon. Now we're going to go to Mars. Now we're going to live in space. And they're like, well, if we're going to live in space, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to do that. We have to figure out how to live sustainably in a biosphere. That's what we're going to need to do. And so they start planning the biosphere too. Now, Mark, why is it called biosphere too? 
uh, our first biosphere is our Earth. That's right. Our first biosphere is the Earth. And they did that specifically because they're hippie theater nerds. And so nice. people would ask, well, what's biosphere one? And so I thought it was a lot bigger even being there, but it is 3.14 acres, probably purposely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it looks a lot like the Crystal Cathedral in yeah. Southern California. It is that the white iron triangle hexagon things all stuck together huge greenhouse um kind of looks like a a a pyramid with a flattened top and some rounded airplane hangar buildings and then like this very space 1999 looking dormitory with like a little um area on top and it's built in the middle uh the arizona desert by oracle oracle arizona and so they begin planning they send people um out all over the world to gather plants and animals they come up with all these different zones there's a wetlands there's a rainforest there's a ocean with a coral reef a fog desert they had these agriculture now when i went through there i was confused because i'm like well i thought people tried to live here i'm still going through these environments but like this one banana tree that was producing bananas like isn't enough to feed them but there's these other three big kind of airplane hangar looking buildings that was their agricultural area that is now they 3d printed different types of riverbed and now are just like when we walked through it the little voice like when we press the play thing for for um the area you're looking at and it was scientists know very little of what happens to water when it goes beneath the ground it's like <laughs> true <laughs> that's true that makes us sound like idiots and i was like <laughs> we are confounded it disappears from our sight and we have no idea where it goes or whatever i'm like good grief and so they've reconstructed different things and they're like built it with sensors and they're really trying to figure out how water works under the <laughs> underground so that yeah. we can be better prepared and stuff like that so that those were just kind of three empty buildings and but that used to be the agriculture thing so they grow wheat and sweet potatoes and and all of that um so they built this massive this massive place and they said we are going to live here for two years and be completely self-sustained and this is how we're planning it out they got um a team that had to fit in with kind of their group none of these people are scientists like they are smart and they're capable and they built a biosphere capable of sustaining human life, but they are still not. So as it kind of goes along here, there's a lot of controversy in, well, wait a minute, what? Because right now it's being sold and they kind of got a PR, PR department because they kind of had to because it was getting so much attention. And, and so they were playing off of that. And so they find eight people, uh, four men and four women, to live in the biosphere to do all the like. They had the plant expert, they had the they had an, a doctor, they had you know all these different uh, people for the mechanical stuff. Um, and they put them in there for for two years. So they start living in there. Things are going well. Their first mission starts in uh, September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. Uh, and there was the eight people in there. Uh, the, agric- the agricultural system produced 83% of their total diet. And they had bananas, papayas, sweet potatoes, beets. They said lots and lots and lots and lots of beets. One of the lady, uh, there's a TED talk that one of the lady gives now that uh, who lived in there. And she talked about it. And like there from her point, and these are people that were like super into 
plants in the earth and like their whole thing is like I'm standing in this mangrove thing like and I am intimately aware that as I am breathing out this carbon dioxide is like we are no longer living in earth's environment this is I am breathing this thing out that then becomes yeah. this plant that this begin like I make this small change and it kills this thing or like a very micro level. And that was kind of their whole point. And they've got measurements and sensors and wow. all of this scientific equipment. And they like, yeah, they built a core, a living coral reef in part of it is still wow. there. The ocean part of it uh, is still there. And so they do all this stuff and it's going fairly well. Um, one of the ladies gets her hand caught in like a threshing machine or something like that. And so they debate, you know, do we, because at this point it's become a media sensation and people are looking yeah, at the biosphere and yeah. all of that. And, and um, she gets her hand cut. They decide, well, we better send her, give her out to the doctor and they can clear her at least and then send her back in so that she, she came out for two days but when she came back in, she had like two duffel bags worth of stuff. Like there was some, but they were like computer equipment or just something, whatever. And so that was like the first whiff for the media of like, they're taking stuff in and out and they're right. doing this and that. And um, so they're in there and they're measuring everything and they're uh, realizing that they are running out of oxygen, like much faster than they had predicted and they had planned wow. and it is going down and going, going, going down. And they're tr basically, they're trying to find it like they're in the enclosed environment. So they've got all the equipment needed to find it. It has to be somewhere like it, it, yeah. it was in here a second ago. Right. And so they look for it and look for it and look for it. Meanwhile, they're all basically kind of starving to death. They're alive, but I mean, they've all lost a significant amount of weight. They're eating potatoes and beets and stuff like that. And and um, so they're basically starving to death and being deprived of oxygen. And so they're all like, of course, pissy and making yeah. dumb mistakes and angry at each other and all of that. And so what they finally decided, well, they finally found the oxygen. <laughs> it was hiding in the concrete all along. Like the oh, concrete had just absorbed all of that. Uh, and the CO2 was, was going wild in the, in the atmosphere. And so what they decide to do is to bring in outside oxygen. And so they pump in, um, there's like 30% more oxygen or whatever. And like all the people said like immediately they're like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I feel so much better. I'm so sorry for whatever I said when I was dying of starvation <laughs> and <laughs> suffocation. Um, so that then became another um, big controversy of like, and who's behind this and who are these people? Are they trying to, and, and, in, in their in the in the opposite of their defense or whatever like their PR was still trying to hide a lot of it and like sure. just acting and looking real shady and so that's when everyone's like what are you trying like right it's what you like what you're doing is cool like stop trying to make it a stop trying to make fetch happen or whatever and like pretend that nothing's going on um but they ended up making it through um they learned a lot i blah 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 so that all comes to and and that's outside of the the story of the fascinating guy who was kind of the leader of the group who do who did not go in there but he was um a big figure and and all of these people are still alive and talking the documentary the doc i think i said starship earth is what it's called on hulu so check that out so 
that all comes to a close and they kind of figure out, figure, well, we're going to do this again and we're going to learn and we're going to iterate and we've got to figure it out. If we're going, if Elon Musk is going right. to, is going to make us live on Mars. We're going to have to live somewhere. And um, so a second thing gets underway. Then Ed Bass, who is the billionaire kid who's kind of part of this group uh, is being pressured to make it more profitable and more this by all the cronies and whatever. So he hires a little man. How's this for a third act twist? A little man called Steve Bannon, who at first uh, I thought, oh, just has the no. same name as that guy because here is a normal looking skinny young dude who doesn't at all look like he no. should live under a bridge and threaten <laughs> children. <laughs> a hag monster. Um, so a then manager of Bannon and Company, which is an investment banking term from Beverly Hills to run the Biosphere Ventures. So after that, there's a second attempt to go in there. There's all these management things going wrong. All of this data to show that uh, too much CO2 in the atmosphere has a detrimental effect on the environment is somehow lost or destroyed. <laughs> Nobody knows what happened uh. there. Um, so he kind of all the people in the bios field hate him. Like there's a whole thing. So it never really goes um, uh, uh, very much further as far as that. Um, so that's owned by that private company for a long time until the University of Arizona. Uh, well, 90, in 1995, Columbia University uh, owned it for a while and they ran it as a research site and campus until 2003. Um, that reverted back to the owners and then they sold it to um, the University of Arizona in 2007. So now it is still a operational research facility there's a community like it's a little it's like a little retirement community or whatever but for college students to live there there's dorms mm. and rooms and stuff like that it looks like a little it looks like a little um hotel <laughs> hotel fun. set up there which is super fun um but yeah i mean the plants are now like when you walk on the outside they're like pressed up against it i saw the i saw bananas in there um so just a super interesting story uh, they had they had goats and stuff in there they had they put insects and animals and stuff like that in there too and so a lot of that is uh, the agriculture part is gone and there's no animals in there now except flies and ants and what confused me is like when we were going in and out like all the doors were open and we were going in and out and in, in my head like I, I didn't realize it was something different before it was just the research facility is now because I'm like mm. none of this is sealed and we are just free to come and go like this is not how a biosphere works but Walking through it is really trippy. I mean, you walk yeah. through one that kind of looks like the Arizona desert and you walk upstairs and you open a door and you are in this huge rainforest with a banana tree and like the vines hanging down and they had built a big waterfall and stream. And then the next room you're next to the ocean with the coral right. reef and, and it's, it's humid and then it's dry. And so it's super fascinating and, and such an interesting backstory that I really, I'd only just kind of, heard other people talk about yeah. it growing up so if you are in the in the area it's it's kind of a fun thing depending on the depending on the group of people you're with it's not like super exciting or anything but just kind of a a fascinating just a fascinating story that was totally different than what i thought it was as far as a scientific thing was because it was just this weird group of theater maniacs and their billionaire <laughs> friends so super interesting in the middle of the desert in Arizona. So that is the biosphere. Cool. At a glance. Super cool. 
That is all. Well, thank you for indulging. Did ChatPT boil that down in any way? No, no, no. How could it? I am an actress. <laughs> Can ChatGPT do that? No. Can't be an actress. <sighs> well, it was good to be back. I, I uh, was streaming earlier today with Joni on her Twitch channel, watching old VHS tapes, and it's been it's been a while since I've done that. This term of school has ended, and so I've got it. Some free time, and now that my work is changing, I will have some creative time in the summer that I'm looking forward to. Yep, and uh, in our household, we got a little puppy. Yeah, and so uh, Penelope. I just met Penelope for the first time, and it was every bit as emotionally <laughs> overwhelming as I thought. We've had like four people start crying <laughs> when we had like. <laughs> Hand her the pug. It does like, look like an AI generated generated <laughs> dog because usually I think pugs their hair, and maybe this will happen when when she gets older, but is usually a little shorter and a little bit more bristly. But like her hair is just like soft and plush, and so it's it doesn't look real like <laughs> you think pugs look. Right. Yeah, and it was like this this pregnant lady, and you know, so she's got all the hormones going and everything, like just picks up the pug and it just she gestated like bawling. four four more babies in that in that moment just started bawling oh my gosh oh this is amazing yeah she's <laughs> penelope is uh is something really so, really amazing yes yeah. i got to hold i got to hold her a little bit and she yawned and stretched and snuggled and it was very very adorable yep. well what should we should I type in Penelope Pug into YouTube? I should say song <laughs> just to see if anything comes up. Well, there's something called Penelope Song by Lorena McKinnett. Loka the Pub. Wait, no. Loka the Pug singing. So we will take you out with <laughs> whatever that is. Thank you for joining us, everyone. It was good to be back. Uh, if you haven't... Uh, Subscribe to Portland at the Movies. Be sure to do that. Last week we, we reviewed uh, Zombie Cats from Mars, and Mark did that thing of surprising us with one of the stars of the movie. <laughs> Thankfully, before I had trashed the movie too much and broken his heart. God, I had to do a lot of editing for whatever reason on that show just to uh, work with this new board. And so I had to listen to the moment. Where like we're kind of I mean you prepped him a little bit that we uh, you yeah. know might be a little silly totally. about it, um, but I said something we were going back and forth and I uh, made some comment it wasn't too bad and just I this guy in the phone goes oh <laughs> so it sounds like you guys didn't really like the movie and I was like <laughs> oh no <laughs> so I had told him very specifically like. I, Todd is an ass. Todd is an ass and hates you. <laughs> it is personally <laughs> out to get you. And I, I, I told him like, this is not a yes man show. You know, we we will be critical of this. You know, there's plenty to be critical of. With this, <laughs> In this, zombie this. cats from <laughs> Mars. <laughs> totally. I'm sorry, Mr. Artur. <laughs> we might not fully appreciate the artistic genius. <laughs> Uh, from the director writer Montetre. <laughs> One word, that's it, Montetre. 
Uh, we gotta get all the monster tray. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, that yeah. was good. So that was really good. Yeah, so listen to that. It was a really fun episode. Um, and here we'll look at Loka the pug singing. Oh, I want to kill myself. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. What am I doing here? Yeah. We'll take you out with something. Bye. Oh, um.